Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 360. We're doing a circle, folks. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, from beautiful Sauvage, Minnesota. Joined by Charlie Carden from Beer City, USA, Kalamazoo, or Sister and City, whatever fake Michigan city we can come up with. Don't, 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 don't talk to me about Severin City. Don't talk to me about Severin City. You should just work for the state uh, of Michigan publicity, Charlie. I've never somebody met who just loves their locale as much as you. Todd, you know, when, 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 you, when you love a thing, it's eternal. You know, I, I know you've lived in Minnesota for 20 years now. Uh, where's the love? Pretty close. I mean, what I say, what's not to love, I guess. Do you, oh, do you I, love I absolutely the, love it. It's you, just, I'm like. I, you love the frigid winters. You love the, it, I know you love the Vikings. Yeah, it's it's got the, it's the second biggest theater market in the United States. So if you like live music, uh, live performances, it's great. Beautiful, tons of parks. Uh, it's it's a major city, so close to the airport. It's wonderful. All four sports. Uh, very oh cool. my god! First, I I, yeah. I think I, I, that was the most ramshackle tourism pitch I've ever heard. So I'm impressed. It's wonderful, good, and it's got Paisley good, Park and Kirby Puckett. Yeah, and you still haven't gone. You don't know Kirby Puckett, and yeah, <laughs> I, I I've lived <laughs> close you. to it. Yes, I I, I lived oh. I've li- I worked close as we talked about. But oh well, enough about the the, the small the, the towns we uh, reside in. Uh, but we're back. Uh, to talk about all things fun in the world of nerd. This week, though, we've got a very interesting cover, and I picked it because this takes me back to when I got back into comics, and that is Avengers number 360, where all the rage was the speculator market and special covers, chromium, die-cut, bagged, came with cards. I think one was was printed with somebody's blood. Uh, They did weird stuff. This one in particular, now this is dated March of 1993, so this was my, this was my senior year in high school, okay? I actively had a print subscription to the, well, I say print subscription, that, that's all there was to this, but this was back in the days when your comic did not come in a plastic bag, but it did come in a brown paper, paper wrapper around it. So yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, again, I've mentioned before, I live in the house I grew up in. Um, we now have a mail slot on the front door, but back in those days, we had a mail just a regular mail box on the side of the house. So if it was pouring rain and it didn't get in there right, it was toast. So I remember this was definitely one that I got. Um, But (laughs) alternately, Todd, this is from the run that you have now forbidden me to continue reading because I bitched about it too much. I said, it's too bad. You said, you got to quit it, move on. And so I, I did finally move on. I gave up reading volume one of the Avengers. I'm now on to... Volume three, because I skipped the Heroes, was it Heroes Reborn? That was like the, what was that, Rob Liefeld's take? Heroes Return, right? No, 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 that's when they came back, but they were reborn after Onslaught, you know, sucked them into an alternate dimension or whatever. So I'm now reading the Busiek uh, George Perez run. Um, Got it. Which is excellent. Which is excellent. I love that run. And I have a, that's one of the signs, you know, George Perez, who we know is going to be leaving us because of his terminal illness. Uh, Todd and I did get a chance to meet him back in 2020 at C2E2. And I do have a signed cover of the uh, issue number two of that run, which I just read recently. So such an immeasurable talent. Enough of that. Let's talk about the cover, though, Char. That's what we came to talk about. This was three bucks. It was bronze embossed with alternate visions. So, but that was like everybody had one. I remember there was a Fantastic Four white cover where uh, the Human Torch went Nova, I guess what they would call it. Right, right. Does when he becomes super white. Uh, And then, yeah, those covers I remember had the Wolverine like top secret cover where it looked like Wolverine smashed through or slashed through. He opened it up. Right. So, yeah, this was there was this was there was. They did more than one. They had a silver one in this where it was like the uh, Black Knight smack and cap shield. Sure. And, and over in the West Coast Avengers, they had a red one. It was Mephisto. That was one of the last last issues of that series. So, yeah, between like, you know, 
92 and 93 it was yeah all the thing and we don't we don't see we, we have variant covers now to beat the band but they, that's they don't the get major this, one they, yeah yeah they don't get no. this crazy so this is pretty nope. sweet so no yeah, yeah it was kind of the end of the i mean right when i got into college 93 94 you really saw these die off in the market the specular market just went away so which you know right. wasn't a bad thing but it it really hurt a lot of collectors who thought those valiant comics or whatever was right. going to send their kid to college and i probably right. own this comic i'd have to look but i think i do still right. own this physical comic uh and i'm sure it's worth like two bucks <laughs> count it yes half half price Half Bad price best. off, so. But you know who is a full price, top shelf, worth every penny that we pay? That would be the uh, the quality journalistic nuggets of uh, information we get from our own gal pal, our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb. So let's pop on down to Hollywood and Vine, and let's get the latest update from this grand old lady. Let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, Madam Webb, it's tax time coming up. And just be careful because um, I don't know if you knew, but that money that you borrowed from the government because of COVID impact to all of your businesses, um, they want to know what you actually did with that. Uh, so I'm sure I mean, you got all of your paperwork in line and your chinchilla uh, factory is still roaring. Uh, I'm sure your side business, which is soup in a sock, did well as you know, and it's still running. But you know what? Boot Let soup. us know. Yeah, you got it. And, and if we don't see you, we assume you're on the lam from big government. I, Madam Webb, I just got to ask you, how many chinchillas had to die for you to look so fly? The eternal question. Think about it. She's trying to bring anyway. back, like, you know, those, yeah, they're trying to bring back those leg warmers with chinchillas. They just don't make a lot of, you know, they're, they're no. small. So, oh, no, well. no, no. Anyway, Todd, this first story up, this is your hot spot. So go on. Yes, I didn't think it was going to happen because this was on like the charts of movies that were going to be out. And I'm like, Bob's Burgers? Wouldn't we have heard about this thing? And wouldn't yeah, right. they have talked about it? And guess what, Charlie? It's true. It's real. Bob's Burgers. And we got a trailer. This is coming out. This looks phenomenal. Um, It's going to be an over-the-top, you know, basically call it like The Simpsons. That's kind of how they're treated. I mean, The Simpsons movie was better than we could have expected. More uh, higher animation budget and was very fun. We got Spider-Pig out of it. It's funny. I have I, this the Simpsons podcast I listened to. I've been sampling it, and they they took that movie and broke it up into threes. And they really, I, it didn't sound like they were loving on it as much. But I remember that movie so fondly uh, from just a few years ago when my my sons were really into that movie. So we watched it like forty times. So is it as great as the golden era of the Simpsons? Not so much. I don't know how that stacks up with Bob's Burgers. Like if Bob's Burgers was great, maybe now it's not as good as it was. And maybe this movie will just be kind of a patch where it's like, well, we're trying to appeal to a wide audience. So we're going to do a bunch of crazy shit because that's how I always felt the Simpsons movie was. It was just it was a little too crazy. You know what I mean? So does this run the risk of being like a little bit too out there or I mean, they got to do something different, right? I mean, otherwise, why make a movie? You know what? I don't know if it really matters. It's not like Bob's Burgers right. is as big as The Simpsons. It is a niche show at best. It's 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 successful at Fox. It's been on like a billion seasons. Um, I think this is owned by Disney. I'm not 100% sure. I think it is. Uh, the, the episodes show up on Hulu, and I think it is part was part of the Fox deal that Disney owns, which is fantastic because Tina... Uh, Tina should be a Disney princess, so I'm all in it. Jean could be one too. Yes, uh, but the the pl- but the plot trail, like you said, what could they do? So this actually sounds like just a regular Bob's Burgers episode. But what Bob's Burgers has really done really well is the musical elements. They really got into music, and I love it. They always have fun, and it's always just really in- enjoyable. So uh, the plot is in the Bob's Burgers movie, the Belcher family are forced to close their restaurant doors after a ruptured water main creates a sinkhole in the front of the entrance. Because of this turn of events, the family hopes for a successful summer for the restaurant are all but ruined, and it's up to Bob and Linda to find a way to keep their business up and running. Meanwhile, the musical comedy will see the, their kids, Linda, Tina, and Jean, try and solve a mystery that could be the, the key to sol- saving the restaurant. One of my favorite episodes of Bob's Burgers, essentially, they reenacted The Goonies. And they had a great take on Cindy Lauper's song, Good Enough, called Taffy Butt. So, Oh my god, terrific. Amazing. All it needs to do is be fun. 
I imagine this will be a just, it's May 27th. I don't know what they're expecting with this, but apparently they pitched this movie was originally supposed to have, uh, they started talking about this in 2017 it was supposed to be happening in 2020 COVID. Uh, so there you go. I'm excited about this and I might be one of three people in the theater to watch it. Why? I, I uh, the good news is, is I don't feel like I'd have to catch up, you know, cause Bob's burgers is not this big episodic, masterpiece that it'd be like oh well if i don't have reference to blah blah i've seen enough of it how will you know it's happening <laughs> i i've seen enough of it to know that it's a it's a family that's flipping burgers and it's a seaside town and they got a couple regulars and yeah so it's it's not not too hard tina likes butts uh tina gene likes, likes music and you know louise is crazy there you go. Louise is crazy. Well, you know who else is crazy is the uh, originator of this next story. You and I and John in particular, and basically everybody that I know, loves Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, Weird Al's in 3D in 1983 was one of the first cassette tapes I ever owned back back in back mm-hmm. in the old neighborhood in Gross Point. So I loved it. Nature Trail to Hell. You know, uh, eat it. Uh, what was the the theme? For there to be stupid. Yeah, no, all the good stuff. It, I, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, and 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 so on and so forth. So uh, I, I love this. Uh, Weird Al has uh, come out and right and said, he says, you know, with my last movie, UHF, in 1989, I made a solemn vow to my fans that I would release a major motion picture every 33 years like clockwork. And I'm happy to say we're on schedule, uh, and he's being very tongue-in-cheek, because, yes, there is a biopic uh, about himself that he is uh, r- that he wrote uh, which makes me wonder if it'll be more than a little bit tongue in cheek. That is going to start no other than Harry Potter himself, Mr. Daniel Radcliffe, who is of course a uh, a, a tremendous uh, acting asset. So that that's fantastic. So I couldn't even imagine the lengths that they could go to to make this. I think it's going to be nuts. It's going to be absolutely crazy. So I'm I'm excited about this uh, being produced now. This means that we will see this. Oh, production started to. Uh, slated to begin next year, next month. So I would imagine a year or maybe Christmas. Yeah, I mean maybe a yeah. It's this will not take a long time. I'm assuming will require minimal special effects. But no. I hope they do a lot of cameos. I hope they just have people playing. You know the people that he you know he talked to. Um, there was already a movie that I think you watched, Charlie. Did you see the complete Al? Um, golly. It was a pseudo um, biopic behind the music that Weird Al made like in 1986. It would, you know, it would have been a, uh, it would have been a riff on probably the complete Beatles, which was I think so. A, uh, yeah. Which was a biography that, it, or it was, it was basically a documentary really from the early eighties out of print. That was, um, it was narrated by Malcolm McDowell. It was awesome. And I loved it. Oh, yeah. This was the same thing. This was narrated. It was just like very weird, but it came out in actually 1985, Charlie. So this is like, it's not like Weird Al was even out that long. Maybe like 82, he started really, you know, coming out with Dr. Demendo. And the fact that, but that movie is, I loved it. As a kid, I rented it a billion times. I eventually ended up owning <laughs> it. And it is yeah. so well done. Had a lot of the, it was basically, it was basically showed all of his music videos, but had like interstitials and things behind it. Um, but Weird Al just loves this stuff. I mean, he's one of my favorite artists. I even did a talent show where I lip synced in elementary school, like a surgeon with several friends of mine to like right. a surgeon. It, that was just me as a kid. My favorite artist. I love Weird Al. Uh, I remember when Al TV would be on, he'd take over MTV. I mean, Weird Al's the best. I've seen him four times in concert. Nice. I am, this is what April did for me for Christmas. Uh, He's here in Grand Rapids in July, and I'll be going to see him at a very intimate uh, venue in downtown Grand Rapids called uh, uh, 20 Men Row, like 2,500-seat theater. Uh, Half of it is mezzanines, half of it is is a main floor. So it, it should be fantastic. So... This this is amazing. I'm totally on board for this. He's kind of yeah. a celebrated celebrated talent of our of the counterculture of our youth of the geek community. Everybody loves Weird Al. So this is this is great news. Yeah, Funnier Die is behind this along with Roku. Uh, so basically, it's going to be on the Roku channel, which everybody right. can get on any device. So it's like it's there. It's free. We'll have ads. That's it. Low hanging right. fruit. 
watch it, have a good time. Harry Potter will never be better than this. So next story, Charlie, is interesting because it's kind of a, a mishmash of good and bad. Uh, G.I. Joe is uh, and Transformers are both leaving IDW where we don't, in regards to the comics. We don't know there will there be landing uh, what publisher. But the cool part is we are getting a new comic book series, Charlie, which I think is right in your wheelhouse. And then that is based on the Saturday Morning Adventures. Uh, it's called G.I. Joe Real American Hero. So this could be a lot of fun. It's almost like a pseudo sequel to the co- cartoon and uh, will probably play off of that continuity, which was its own thing compared to the comic book. Right, right. Yeah, and I. Um, it's funny. The comic book had its own angle of being kind of gritty. It was written by Larry Hama, who was, he was a Vietnam vet, and he was very practically engaged with a lot of the military aspects of it, where the cartoon itself was just kind of a, Whiz bang like laser beams, and hey, I've got a I got a laser rifle, so I'm going to shoot down. Uh, I'm going to shoot down, you know, a fighter jet, you know. So, um, but again, you know, the comic book uh, audience absolutely had its niche, but many people think of the cartoon as being kind of the pioneering way that people think about GI Joe, and for better or for worse, you know, kind of the silly slapsticky part of it that it, what was adapted into the the litany of failures of the films, at least in my opinion. So um, this is great. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I know, I know Larry Hama announced, you know, several months back that he was penciled down, that his, that his title had been canceled. Um, So how does this, how does this highlight his involvement? If any, you know, I mean, it doesn't, it'll it'll probably credit him as a, creator of the G.I. Joe's a lot of the characters and things but this is really a different creative team they're basically completely inspired by the cartoon era so you even look like the covers of this when I pulled it up I mean they look exactly like the cartoon which is what most people wanted anyways and if they can make right. it like continuation quality not like going back to the cartoon and like Ugh, it doesn't hold up where they're like, you know what? We're just going to have a good time, make cold slither, come back and do a reunion tour. Why not? <laughs> right, right, right. That's cool. I, I like that. And again, you know, I'm out of monthly comics, but I love GI Joe. You know, it's a, it's a big aspect of my interest in fandom. I'm still a collector of the figures. Uh, I do uh, the, you know, some cosplay I'm involved in, uh, you know, one of the cosplay charity groups. Um, so Yeah. I um I think this is cool. I would I would I would definitely love to take a crack at this. So this is great. This is being produced now. Do we have a drop date on when we multiple cover variants? I don't know that we have a date on this, but I, yeah, uh, I, I it's mean, announced I, I, in I, November. So I mean, it's probably not that far off. I assume. Right, right, right. So that's cool. I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah, why not? Very cool. And I, mean, I think IDW their stuff comes to Comicsology. So even if you don't buy it, it might be released there eventually. Or wait till the trade comes out and buy it there. Right, right, right. Good stuff. So, all right, what else we got? Well, Charlie, because oh. you don't really talk about Star Trek news on your, your podcast anymore, we're going to talk about it here. But I did tackle this one. It's funny. No, I did. Oh, uh, record, okay. I, 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 did I did record with Katie. Shame on you for not listening because the episode came out yesterday. No, it was really great. I'm really excited to have uh, Katie Quinn Prashan, who is our frequent collaborator here on this show, uh, with me for it's funny, it turned out to we had four episodes scheduled, but I asked her to join me um, for a movie review. And then she had a suggestion of going back through uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, which was something that I had kind of mixed emotions about. She said, I loved it. I want to I want to talk about the whole thing with you. So she's awesome. She's a great collaborator. But we talked about the story. Yeah, the Star Trek universe, which is the branded name for you know new ongoing Star Trek uh, content on Paramount Plus, uh, had an announcement about 10 days ago for their slate for uh, basically now through early well, I say late spring, early summer. So we are getting the return of Star Trek Picard, which we knew about, but it, it got nudged back uh, a month. Um, and then uh, th- that's actually going to overlap with the return of Discovery now. That is the first time since, uh, and I think I, we've talked about this previously, since back in the 1990s, that we've had an actual crossover of having more than one show available at the same time. Um, because what the streaming folks have followed is that they like to they, they like to have the the marquee week like this is your Star Trek for the week. Yeah, and that's all you get got. people in, right? It's like uh, while you're watching this, this is also coming. 
Right. right. So that's what we've got not only for uh, the first three weeks of March, where the conclusion of Discovery uh, Season 4, which has been renewed for Season 5, that was another part of the announcement, will overlap with the first three episodes of Star Trek Picard in Season 2. Uh, and once that 10-episode run is done, which will be in early May, this was the part of it that made me the most excited. Strange New World, starring Anson Mount as Captain Pike, uh, Ethan... Oh my God, I'm going to draw a blank on his name. Ethan. He's the son of the famous actor. Ethan. Uh, it's a Mockingbird guy. Not Ethan. <laughs> Ethan Peck. Thank you very much. And then Rebecca Romaine uh, as number one. Ethan, Ethan Peck being uh, Lieutenant Spock. Uh, the Strange New Worlds, which we're going to get a 10-episode run, which will actually take us through... Uh, through the 4th of July holiday. That'll, the last episode will drop on July 7. Uh, also, uh, let us know that we too would expect later in the year uh, Season 3 of Lower Decks. And then another 10 episodes of Star Trek Prodigy, the uh, kid-style program, if you will, uh, on Nickelodeon slash Paramount+, Plus, currently on the air and set to wrap up its first half season. Um, excuse me. They've actually split the season. It says Season 1.5, but it'll actually be Season... It'll be a third of the season because we got we had mm. we it ran for a while. We got Discovery, Prodigy is back, then Discovery, and then Prodigy again at some point. So I don't the the season one part of it is kind of bizarre. So, um, but yeah, for twenty twenty three, they promised us another season of Picard. Strange New Worlds already has a second season. I, I already mentioned Discovery, Lower Decks back for a fourth season, uh, and then Prodigy as well. So we have mentioned, you know what. what you know, the golden age of Star Trek, if you will, was in the 1990s. That's when things were were strong and powerful. What's above gold? Is this the, is this the platinum era of Star Trek, Todd? What would you call? Oh uh, yeah, that would. I, yeah, I mean that's probably the good way. I mean, in comics, we had what the uh, Silver Age, age, Silver age yeah. Gold Age, and modern current slash right. modern. Right. Yeah. So I would this say is, the modern. Yeah. I mean, this is the modern take on Star Trek. Yeah. Because well, it's, 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 it's embracing modern storytelling. It's embracing modern streaming. Um, and I, I wouldn't say any areas eras better than others, just of the time. And this seems to be of the more of the time than uh, the, the latest interactions, which were like Enterprise. Enterprise didn't feel of the time. It felt like it was beyond the It was past its prime. Yeah, yeah, true. And I mean, and Enterprise was the end of an era in Star Trek where we had gotten the time-honored expression I like to use, the pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was too much mm -hmm. the same. So it had yeah. to die in order to be reborn. Uh, and, you know, discounting people who really dislike it, which I, I don't really care about that. I don't, I don't really care. I don't really care about people who walk up to me in my capacity as the head of my fan club chapter and tell me how much they hate Star Trek now. You don't really love Star Trek if you don't love Star Trek. And let that be a word of advice to you, too, Star Wars fans. You either like it or you don't like it. Don't call yourself a fan if you hate it, because that doesn't make any sense. Um, but this is astonishing. We have, you know, multiple palettes of Star Trek, different modes of storytelling, different time frames, different intended audiences. It's amazing. You know, we're, we're definitely in a good place for Star Trek. We've got a schedule for two years. Uh, that we're nowhere that we're going to continue to see great new programming is just going to continue. So I am definitely fired up. And for all of your breaking Star Trek news and reviews and history, the Code Forty Seven podcast right here on this awesome podcasting network is where you want to tune into. We do drop every other Monday. Myself. Uh, plus either Katie, as I had mentioned, or my partner Peter. So if you're not listening, please tune in. Subscribe yeah, to the network feed. You can find it. Absolutely. Check it out. It's uh, there on YouTube and audio podcast for all your enjoyment. Um, I do all the video production, so yes. there you go. It, um, it, but I, it, is, it is his passion. He's wonderful. I love it. It gets people out there another way to, to view it. If you don't like audio podcasts, you can watch it on YouTube or play in the background when you're at work. Cool beans. Um, I do want to say about Discovery, I have not gotten back to Discovery after two episodes. I'm getting a little bit tired of the... The show that's all about the feels lately. It's like everybody has to cry every episode. And it's kind of feel like I get it. But after a time, I'm like, I, I, I just want. And then it's also the drawn out season that it's like, where is it going? And right now, I feel like this season, I'm not drawn in like I was previous seasons. And I think this show has gotten so reliant on that 
what's happening and it's going to take 12 episodes to get there. And I, I would like to see them eventually go back to mystery of the week or something like that, where they can really right. focus on different things. And Burnham's great, but she is so much of the focus and she's so much of right. the, I can do everything. I'm the perfect person. And, and I've got to deal right. with my, my lover. And I'm, I'm right. constantly not making good decisions because I'm drawn by my emotions. And I'm like, that's great. But, who's keeping you grounded and everybody kind of right. like embraces her. So I, don't I, know. I like Picard. I, I, I like, I, yeah, I like a captain who yeah. embraces, but also keeps a layer of separation. So he right. doesn't have to like, always feel like, Oh, I'm going to make them mad. Right. <laughs> or it's all about Too me. Much. Well, you will probably gravitate a little bit more towards strange new worlds. I think that's going to be your okay. show because it's a little more traditional. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more crisis of the week, a lot like a lot more like TOS or TNG. Um, potentially not as episodic and is not as, you know, emotionally. But because, yeah, that's that was never the vibe I got from Captain Pike, even even Anson Mount's portrayal uh, of being quite as Burnham-y. Uh, though I, I do like, I mean, I think Sonequa Martin-Green's performer is absolutely spectacular. She, I think she it's it's good, but it's a little, to me, she's a little one note. It's like too much of the right. touchy-feely, um, I'm all about the emotion, and, um, right. and I'm going to essentially I, always be on, like, no other captain except for Picard, or Kurt, I guess, has been, I've got to go right. everywhere and be part right. of the focus, right? And again, there's a certain segment of the population that really, really seeks out that type of lead character. Certainly if it's a woman, it's a person of color. That's what makes Star Trek so great. And that's what, you know, like I said, one of the primary things to say about Star Trek, infinite diversity and infinite combinations, lots of different, and none so more could be true of this current slate because it's so varied stuff for the kids. Stuff yeah. for the cheeky adults, stuff for the traditionalists with Picard and with Strange New Worlds, and then a different direction with Discovery. You don't have to love it all, but again, as we always say here on SFU, don't yuck on someone else's yum. Let it be. Enjoy, enjoy what you enjoy and let the rest of it lay. That's yeah, it. and you've got choice now. It's not like you've got yeah, one exactly. only one Star Trek thing and you got to like it because you don't know when you're getting the next thing. Now you're getting... Right. Essentially exactly. four to potentially five series, which is great. Exactly so if you don't like correct. something, you know, watch what you like and then bounce off and say somebody else can enjoy that. So very cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, next story, yes, uh, which finally, is our last story. Say, talk about the the conquest of waiting. This was the thing that you know, the yeah. only, thing in, only thing in video games uh, that has ever, you know, and I've tried. I've tried Arkham Knights and I've tried The Last of Us and I've tried the Spider-Man games. Nothing really grabs me um and it's a mixture of the nostalgia it's a mixture a mixture of kind of the simplicity of gameplay and kind of the sameness so i kind of feel like i know what i'm doing but i have been waiting since late 2019 for lego star wars the skywalker saga and uh i don't i haven't really looked much into why this was so delayed todd maybe as a uh, as an insider uh, obviously you and mark do the the co-op mode right here on this network every other week. So you guys know a lot about this kind of stuff. I don't know why this is so delayed. I don't care why this is so delayed because now on April the 5th, which is first contact day, by the way, that's a Star Trek thing. First contact between human and the Vulcans in the movie, Star Trek first contact. And it's day after my wife's birthday. Uh, we are finally getting this game and I'm excited. Todd uh, got hyper-focused on the fact that um, the original in the original the original Lego game, several of them, the characters didn't speak. Uh, they just kind of mumbled their way through, and we didn't get dialogue. And now, Todd, I know this appears to be very important to you. This is going to be one of those kind of red brick bonus uh, uh, things that you can bring back mumble mode. You're very excited about it. I don't want to restrain. Oh, you. I just thought it was hilarious because Tell me. that, Tell me that was a big. Saying. That was a big complaint for a lot of people that they brought in voice. In the, the original yeah. Star Wars games, it was only like pantomime and just grunts and, uh, you know, just, <laughs> and that, you know, that like that, that, that acting and, and things like that. So some people love that. So it's there if you want. I love choice. It's it's not if you don't want it. Great. Um, but going back, Charlie, which is one of the cool unlockables, which Lego's always had tons of unlockables, depending on what right. you can do, which is fun. This is the biggest Lego game they've ever made. Uh, the fact that it's really not uh, sequ sequential. You can go between different worlds, 300 right. characters to unlock. Uh, but the biggest thing is, um, and there's some controversy because they said that like the actual working environment was a little bit not so great because the mm. push to get this out 
New engine, though. This is the biggest thing. This is going to have a new engine, so it's not based on the old technology, which I always said felt kind of basic in kind of color by numbers. The games always felt the same. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and yeah. they, did manage to, they did manage to, from a technology point, they did manage to move some things forward, but it always felt very incremental, like from yeah. one game to the next. They're uh, limited. You know, you could, you know, your, your co-op was split so that the screen would split so characters could be in, in different places at the, at the same time. But really, you know, it it didn't really move things forward to a point that you, it felt it was that amazing. Um, but again, you know, I'm a simple guy. Uh, I like simple stuff. Um, but if this is going to, yeah, I, I've had this pre-ordered and it's funny. Todd came along and said, Oh, but if you do the deluxe, you get these bonus packs and you get a minifig. And the only, yeah. the only thing that I like about physical Lego. And again, I have a kind of a complicated history with Lego and Todd, you know, all about it and know why. So I'm not going to go into it. I love minifigs. It's funny. I stopped by, I was out traveling for work today, but I did stop by a, a Walgreens and they sell the blind bags of the, uh, the uh, Disney plus MCU TV shows. And we're trying to finish the set. So I usually pick up three or four of them at a time. Um, Cause we love them and whatever bonus ones, whatever duplicates I get, I give to my friend Miranda's son. Cause he's eight years old and loves that stuff. But um, I love minifigs. I have a little collection of them. Um, so this, this absolutely speaks to me, but yeah, the deluxe edition that actually talked me into buying comes with Luke with a, uh, with a carton of blue milk. <laughs> yep. I think it's spectacular. I know I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, and, and they did change the gameplay quite a lot. So, Charlie, wow. I hope you're cool with this, man, because they I are adding they are adding more complex ga- uh, gameplay, which is really cool. Like free aiming, uh, the, the the flight combat looks much better. They oh, they're adding uh, the, the the free shooting, which is pretty cool, and the combos and like when you're doing melee combat looks really cool, like fun. You can have like counters and you can go around somebody and do stuff. So that to me is what I've always been lacking with Lego. It's basically Lego in the past has been whack whack whack. Brick, collect bricks so that to me is like bricks. it's essentially uh, a monkey a monkey uh, could a monkey could do that and it's like well that's not entertaining to me as a single player especially there's no co-op from what i've seen online so without that right. i need something a little bit more challenging and impactful so it looks like they're going the extra yard and it took them five years to make this so um covid came into play oh all these things yeah. are there but yeah this looks really cool it's in my game fly queue i will play it if it's online this could be a ton of fun because Charlie and I could play, uh, bring, you know, you and well, Mark can't cause he doesn't have a, pl- he has a PS4, I think still, but not, that's but I I'm definitely, bad. yeah. yeah that's well, but, but I that's think cool. I don't even if Mark still remembers it exists. So who knows, but this could be a lot of fun. And I loved, I've always wanted to play online with you and Lego, which is not the right. right option. Yeah. So we don't know if that's going to be an option. Is that kind of, they haven't TV mentioned TV? it. And with like three months okay. away, it would seem like a feature they would pivot, but right. maybe they'll surprise we'll us. Say. We'll see. We'll see. Well, cool. Well, that takes us right up out of the news. Uh, so let me grab my phone. Let me get that. Air, uh, let me get that Uber app back up again. We got to go to the nasty part of town. That's right. The Geek Easy is down in Bumtown, Zero Town. Um, but that's where we'd like to hook up, have a great beverage, and talk about what we're geeking out about. So let's make it happen. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy cover band's plan, and we are getting our nerd on this week. Charlie, I think you might have watched this. Maybe you didn't, but let me know if you did. It's called Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. Did you watch it? No, where was it at? So it's on Netflix. It's Kyle Mooney is behind this. So Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he's a weirdo. We know this. He does odd things, very bad, like, uh, accents and things. I'm like, I don't know how this guy is still on SNL. He must have, like... He's just... just, I would describe him as character actor as he's uncomfortable. He's very uncomfortable. Doesn't... I'm like, I... I don't, I mean, yeah, kind of probably like Will Forte. Kind of maybe that's the best way to compare him to is somebody is just like... Or what's his name? Uh, The guy from Portlandia. Fred Armisen. Yeah, that well, kind of guy. Life is yeah. that he's a real jerk. That's what I've heard about. Oh, really? Okay. okay. He does seem a little oh, bit yeah, like, yeah, he does seem a little bit odd, but still. Yeah. But yeah, he's that type of character, which I guess he's just really, he's probably like a comedian's comedian. You know, it's like people find, comedians find him funny, but most people find him odd. So well, it, it is what it is. There's a great parallel in popular music uh, is the musician's musician was worn. Yes. The late Zivon. Um, oh, Yeah. 
everybody loved him in real life. He was apparently a real piece of shit. So not to and he made one that. song we all know, which is well, the I mean, of and, London. Yeah, no, and that was yeah, that was his only hit. But he had a legacy of really deep, sure, introspective music that it, you know the likes of you know Jackson Brown and Bruce Springsteen loved him. So yeah, perfect. And then I would say, yes. uh, Werewolves of London, please. Yes, yes. exactly. It was, yes. Thank you. An, an, yeah, another cosplay selection. Yeah, so this is <laughs> or, an uh, odd. Karaoke. Yeah, so this is an odd mashup that would hit us right in our wheelhouse, and it did. So essentially, this is Kyle Mooney made made this series on Netflix, which is uh, a parody of the Saturday morning cartoons and kind of like the hosts or what we used to see with it. Like, you know, you have Schoolhouse Rock, then you have like the the funny kids, uh, Saved by the Bell, and they would introduce cartoons and things like that. That's exactly what this is. Um, But there's a dark side. So Kyle is playing two twins called Skip and Trabor and they kind of act all extreme and it's and it's uh, early 90s and they wear neon and everything is funny and goofy and they're going to introduce cartoons and these cartoons are like Denver the Last Dinosaur except it's called Rodney and he's got some problems and then there's no one that's like called like it looks like the Care Bears but they're like the Crater Bears but there's a lot of adult issues and then they have some other I, I think they call them the uh, there's some other cartoons they introduced as well but it's just very odd. And then okay. they introduce it, they go through it, but then there's this through line, Charlie, with these two hosts of uh, Skip and Trabor, where you sense there's like an undercurrent of like weird things that are going to happen as you watch the show. So like we find like this Rodney, the the dinosaur who's extreme, where he's a, be- he's a dinosaur that came from the past who dates a, a firefighter. There's lots of weird things. He hangs out with kids at a house. They have a house party. He sets it on fire. And then it's just yes, weird. And then like, and like the care bears, they're called the creator bears, but they work with, they, they're friends with this adult ad agency exec who hangs out with them to get ideas for his. It's very weird. It's very weird, but it looks exactly like those cartoons, Charlie. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'd say just check out the first episode it's okay. curious, it's weird, and it's doing something else. I'll watch another episode to see if it really hooks me, but it seems yeah. like this is going to take a very dark turn. Oh, boy. Okay. I'll yes. take your word for it. All right. So step one. Uh, next one is Naomi. This is a new show on the CW. It's based on a DC oh, yeah. comic series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested in this one. It's 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 really it's kind of a, a interesting concept about a girl growing up in a small town. She's very popular. Everybody knows her, but she was adopted. There's a military base, and we start finding out that she doesn't have a history of who her parents was that you know who gave her up adoption. Short story, a long story short, she you eventually find out that she potentially is a superhero of some sort, has an ability, and that's where this show is going. I'm two episodes in. I don't know what her abilities are yet, but you know there are some uh, – one guy has revealed this in his town to be a alien character with abilities. Uh, Superman has made an appearance very off-screen essentially, which is kind of interesting. So I'm, I'm curious where this goes, but I'm feeling with the problem – I feel it's like – I'm like – I'm not sure if this is like a Truman Show type show where I feel like maybe the main character is in a world where she's being observed because it does – something doesn't feel right. And I feel like it's too much like artificial mm-hmm. and the characters aren't playing right. So I'm wondering if there's something there or maybe it is that weird and it's going to find its place, but we'll see two episodes in. I like the actors. It's very interesting, but it's not like a home run like Stargirl was for me, but I like mm-hmm. the comic. So we'll see where this goes. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's Good different. Day. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a young young hero story, so we'll see how that develops. And then, lastly, Charlie, you and I both watched the book of Boba Fett number four. Indeed, we did. And we are out. I think we're out of, and I can't say it because we've got episode five coming out tomorrow. I think right. we're potentially out of like the flashback focus. Um, I, I, I hope so because episode this was the one was it three or four where we finally saw that he came to the conclusion of um, kind of uh, no this was the one where he his flashbacks were the most recent uh, where yeah he, uh, you saw him rescue uh, Fennec from near death and had to take absolutely it to the, 
had to take it to the weird. Yeah, marries us to the Mandalorian season one. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and the dude, and again, Mark and I will talk about this in a little bit more in depth when we record next week uh, for Holocron, but took him to the people who do droid bits and the yeah now we're getting into some do. weird yeah. yeah we're getting into some weird like cybernetics that i don't think we've really right. focused on much in star wars and it's still going that weird like we're seeing more of those vespa bikers too which is a right. weird thing which they're trying to make a thing on tatooine which we never seen before so it's a weird right. pivot yeah it, it is weird because you wouldn't really think of anything tech related and tatooine being kind of a, a, a funky skunk hole uh, that you'd really see that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's 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 kind of bizarre. So, um, but yeah, I uh, but yeah, this episode he rescues rescues Fennec. Uh, it's his mission to um, to liberate his ship. Which um, this talk about fake controversy that makes the toxic Star Wars fans so mad. <laughs> the ship has never been the name of it has never been spoken, but it had had always been thought to refer, be referred to as Slave One. A fire spray, fire spray class ship. Well, Slave One in modern parlance is has been deemed offensive. Disney wanted to do away with it. So in this episode, when describing what his target is, when he and Fennec are having a fireside chat, he says, "I need to rescue my ship. It's a fire sp- fire spray class vessel. So it has no name. It is the ship that has no name." There yeah. you go. I know some people say, well, that would be like Han Solo calling his Corellian freighter, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. If anybody cares right. that much about a name of a vehicle that ultimately is a very funky, very seems like when I, after you think about the vehicle itself, very weird that it even, you know, flies the way it does, goes sideways, right. you have to land into it. It seems like a very dumb vehicle. Overall, right. I, I'm like, who thinks this it's, is a great a design? Shape. So, well, and then yeah, the, the blasters are on the tail, which you can't yeah, even shoot at, and it's just really yeah, the, the the missile launcher is on the back, but it's a it's a it, it drops bombs instead of shoots missiles. So it's really and I weird. always thought it They're, flew like this, but then I never forget, like, no, it goes flies like this, which I'm like, and then, that's and not then aerodynamic. Goes, yeah, it's, it's well, a, there's no there's yeah. no aerodynamics in space. This episode, so yes, you see Boba uh, liberating. His ship from you know Jabba's hangar or whatever. But we uh, got the awesomest see- Tom and Jerry moment in Star Wars history, Charlie, which seemed like a callback to like the early days of Clone Wars, where it's like it's wacky hijinks and goofiness. Right, exactly. And I, yeah. I did love to see him taking on the Sarlacc. That was kind of cool. Uh, and but I using the bomb launcher. Point of order, out. Charlie. Apparently, they did that actually in the comic book. So this is now uh, retrofit that, which was comic books. Post the the combination when in the right. the new uh, a trilogy, anything, so like anything, yeah, anything. They're just doing whatever, whatever they want, and that was the dumbest way to get his suit, anyways. And the fact that apparently he's got PTSD, he doesn't even remember the fact that the Jawas stole it from him. So I'm like, I'm right. like, okay, they're doing whatever. This 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 series is essentially making no sense. It is dumb fun. It's not good. And if anybody tells me this is good, I'm like. No, it's not good. The dialogue isn't great. The direction's kind of not the great. The action isn't that great. I'm like, it's, I'm like, it, it, it's not, it's, the, it's it's not the Mandalorian, though. I I believe very firmly the episode five will have a Mando tie because what was nice about this episode we did get that preview. End, yeah, you did yeah. end with uh, you know Fennec saying, "Well, we're going to have to get some help if we're going to go to war because they're looking like they're going to have to take on the Pike Syndicate, which is the alien race that as the the train was theirs, whatever." And after she said that, you heard the Mando theme. So we're going to get somebody, you know, and everybody's talking, are we going to see Dr. Aphra? Are we going to say uh, Amelia Clark's uh, Kira character? That's one that our friend John, is. he's been talking to me about. He's very excited. Are we going to see, you know, Aphra's uh, evil evil kill bots, you know, Triple Zero and BT? Um, so there's there's lots of possibilities. Having Black Kersantan, and he got kind of a nice, uh, some nice scenes in this episode too, uh, yeah. an adapted original Marvel Comics character uh put to screen is just fucking fantastic i absolutely love it i'm totally fired up yeah i mean it's star and and let's just remember star wars has never been like high art it's been goofy uh science fiction beat them up shoot them up whatever it's fun i'm just glad we're past the whole uh oh we're gonna see how brave boba was with the the tuscans and it's like once once again i'm not seeing we're not seeing a very good story arc with boba quite honestly 
we're not seeing like he was redeemed or i mean like i said if if he becomes evil that's the story arc right now he was become a honorable man who stays honorable and realizes that uh together we achieve more team <laughs> this, is, this is a kumbaya moment all together now like the beatles uh, essentially yeah he goes oh we're stronger I'm like so essentially I'm like yeah they just aren't doing much here but people just want to see boba fett be cool and fennec uh is great and and i think that's goofy and i love seeing a cool uh, uh you know uh Wookie, that's neat. And if he rides a Rancor, even better. And if we get the army of Ewoks and Jawas coming in to kick some oh. ass. And Charlie, guarantee it. This is my prediction. We are getting some of the Tuscans who did survive that you didn't see get killed will come back and save the bacon. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a bacon saving bonanza. All right. Well, it let's, is. Keep, let's keep things moving for timeliness sake. So. There's something more exciting. Uh, real life crime drama in Michigan fake comedy. Oh my God, Todd! You, I've just found a name for the episode. Hashtag fake Michigan. Uh, April and I have become really enamored with the works of this um, this actor, writer, director, producer Taylor Sheridan. He's the guy who uh, turns out and leave it to my wife and her magic googling skills to find out that Taylor Sheridan had a bit part on an episode of Star Trek Enterprise back in the early 2000s. So not only does this guy write amazing dramas, but he's a Star Trek guy. He has a connection. But no, he, he's the guy behind Yellowstone. He's the guy behind uh, 1883, which is the prequel to Yellowstone. Um, but he's got another show on Paramount Plus starring Jeremy Renner. And I'm like, oh, how did he pull Jeremy Renner? Um, but you'll find he was, out. He time. was uh, too busy. He, he didn't, wasn't making any Jeep money. Anymore? Anyway, well, I come to find out that Jeremy Jeremy Renner has the same horrible child support issues that I do. It, my wife pointed out to me he, he just oh he just got dragged in a divorce too. So I kind of feel like maybe Jeremy Renner and I have more in common than I ever could have thought. But regardless, uh, Jeremy Renner uh, over on Paramount Plus stars on a show called The Mayor of Kingston, which is supposed to be a very Detroit-looking city in Michigan. Which is funny as you watch the show it's pointed out that it's it's north of detroit so i'm kind of feeling early like, i think this is based on jackson it, it's no because jack no because flint has no prisons this is based in jackson man because jackson is known for its prison this is a jackson centric show but here's the thing it but doesn't matter about the location it doesn't matter about the location they, yeah jackson they, this is about prison jackson is a prison prison centric you're, you're just trying to you're trying to create you know protect your beloved Flint, which is a prison. No, I'm just no. It's <laughs> it, when it's prison in Michigan, it's no. Jackson. Yeah. Well, what but what's interesting is that you know they they create this and it's funny. Kingston is an actual prison in Ontario, which is where they film this. But the 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 concept of it is it's a town that's built around several prisons that are all close to each other. A women's prison, a males, uh, 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 obviously a max security men's prison. Jackson, um, Michigan. Dodge, oh, put, put no, it is. Jackson is a Michigan community <laughs> or a, a prison community, which is part of their main economy, which is, is what the well, show is know, about, right? Know, yeah. Consumers Energy is also based in Jackson. That's a big part of theirs as well. So, Mr. Mister Putting Down Poor Jackson, Michigan. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Jackson, anyway. Michigan is known for its prisons. <laughs> that's that's That was always a joke with my uncle. He yes. said, you know, oh, I'm going to state. He said, oh, Jackson? <laughs> exactly ding 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 oh, but yeah. regardless yeah renner is the star of this and uh taylor sheridan uses a lot of the same actors so i do see some faces that i definitely saw in yellowstone i saw in 1883 and this was you know like many shows that you see on streaming again this is on paramount plus uh this is 10 episodes um and in watching this i kind of tipped us off to the 2017 movie written and directed by him called wind river uh, which starred Renner and actually Elizabeth Olsen just uh, post them, uh, those two actors being in, in the first two Avengers, well, Avengers Age of Ultron and then Captain America Civil War, which was, you know, Avengers 2.5. Um, absolutely captivating tale in this. He is a fish and wildlife officer. She is an FBI officer uh, brought in to um, uh, solve a, what appears to be a brutal murder of a woman frozen in the ice that takes place in Wyoming. Uh, it was a rape, but they have to kind of go back and decode this, but also working uh, within the fact that it's an Indian reservation uh, and a lot of the same actors and a lot of the same themes that you turn around and see in Yellowstone. And it's just an absolutely heart-wrenching tale 
but extremely well made. And, and April and I actually watched 1883. I uh, had a bye week, but they had a, a um, they had a uh, documentary in between where T- Taylor Sheridan talked a lot about he grew up in Texas and he has a lot of affinity and connection uh, to the Native American culture in this country uh, and how he really works to be faithful to talking about that. And I think that this film um, really spoke to that as well. It's on Netflix. Again, came out in 2017. It's awesome. So I would I would highly recommend it, but it is not for the faint of heart. It's very gritty. And ugh. John Bernthal also stars in it. Um, very touchy subject, but I think really, really well made. Finally, speaking of, you know, I guess we're on a gritty kick, and I, I'm not sure who the creative team is behind this, but the show Ozark, which is on Netflix, has Jason Bateman, it's Laura Lenny. I didn't realize she was uh, in that, uh, and, uh, you know, another couple of names that you will readily recognize, uh, about a Chicago financier who finds out that his business partner was in with a Mexican drug cartel, uh, and our Jason Bateman being our lead character has to disappear his family uh, to Ozark, which is a, uh, you know, which is a lake community in Southern Missouri uh, filmed in Atlanta, because of course, you know, Atlanta. Um, It's great. It's, it's, it's run for four seasons. It's on right now. We've just started it. Todd, have you ever sampled it? No, I've heard good things. I mean, it's kind of coming off the, it's coming off the breaking bad style of, uh, you know, someone that's below the the radar that becomes uh, basically a criminal, uh, who pretty much, and, yeah. it, and it's essentially saying, "Well, I f- empathize with him, but he's like, no, you shouldn't empathize with them because they make bad decisions and do bad things." And yeah, that, I've heard people, yeah, the local stations 100%. talking about, yeah, the local stations talking about this and where that's pivoted. And I'm like, yeah, right. I mean, it sounds like a very good show, but I'm so late to the, the audience that I'm like, okay, well, it would be very hard to catch up now. Right. Well, the thing is, it is and it isn't. I know your viewing is somewhat limited. Do well, Charlie. You, you will watch like five episodes a day, though. We we don't have we yeah. don't have any restrict. You know, we don't have any kids running around no. here. We both work yeah. We watch home, so we well. We watch maybe an hour of television a day. So then it's like we right. got to find something that's very. So it's very hard to watch a show like that and keep together. So we're just right. by the end of the day, we work you. all day. You know, yeah. So it's it's, it's just yeah. not. It's yeah yeah. You're in a you're in retirement mode. <laughs> Apparently, you, can, you got a lot of, <laughs> Ow, my lot of free time. I can tell you exactly. I, tell, well, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't say I have a lot of free time, but we do. Yeah. A lot of you, free time to watch I think shows. per capita, you watch more television than I think. I watch in a year. You watch in like two months. You're measuring it in capitas now. I don't know. I think I don't so. Know yeah, I think so. But anyway, so I'm, uh, I'm lucky if I get like five hours of television a week. To be honest, it's so. on uh, Netflix, yeah. uh, and I, I think it's to be exceptional. So most of the stuff we talk about is on streaming because that's the world we live in. So. Absolutely Check. right. Nobody's Check. nobody's yeah. buying DVDs at this stage or, or oh. watching things over the air. Yeah, few, few people are, but probably not anybody we really pay attention to. So, oh well, absolutely. And that's a wrap. So, <laughs> in that in that mode of uh, uncomfortable pause, there we go. Yes, yes we are. Yes. yes, we are done with the geek easy. We're going to transition over to a more tropical destination, and that's our favorite place to talk about geeky topics and games, and that's the Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome for a topic or a game to be entertained. And we are back to Tata Show. So we haven't done this yeah. one in a long time. So if oh, you're familiar. That, it reminds me I have to update the can because we always try to do these in such a way that we don't repeat them that often. So I will make sure that I update that we're doing it today. But you go ahead. Yeah. So Tata Show is uh, it's based on a premise of I would essentially watch one episode of something and then tell you how the show continues because I don't always keep watching shows. I've gotten better about it, but that's a that's a throwback to if you've listened to the show. Charlie always will mention that I only watch one episode. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But we then turn this into an actual game called Tata Show where we each pick a TV show or a movie with just the title. And then we have to determine the elements of this movie, what happens, the plot, and more so. We can add in elements of a director, a cast, whatever you want, and it's fun. So um, we are going to do this again. And I said, let's pick Amazon Prime Video. So if you've ever perused the Amazon Prime Video, you've got some good stuff, 
and then you get like how the hell i didn't know this existed this is like your straight to rental the vod stuff and it's like well they're still making this right. stuff i didn't even know this yep. so we're gonna go there yep. You just keep scrolling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I think we even like we were on like C2E2. I think we try to watch some of these and like, right. What is this junk? So we'll, we're going to start there. So we picked Amazon Prime Video. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, by all means, uh, check these out and watch them and give us your review of them. But we're going to just take the title and then go into the details. So Charlie is going to tell me the title he picked. And I will have to give my interpretation of what this movie is oh yeah well you're dealing with a film from uh the year 2020 one hour and 29 minutes of a film called far from the apple tree and this is is there can you at least give me a genre it's science fiction is this okay oh i would not have existed with that title i'm gonna write it down far from the apple tree okay and and i've never heard of this so i'm gonna guess it's uh, Hollywood adjacent, so this might be uh, in like uh, this is San- yeah, uh, genre science fiction horror, uh, directed by Grant McPhee. Never heard of it. Okay, starring- that's okay. That's you can Sorcha, stop there. Sorcha, Ground Cell, and Victoria Liddell. So, nobody you know. Well, you didn't have to give me the actor, Charlotte, because I was imagining my cast. So, I that's can, okay. but I'm just, I, my, I, it was merely meant to illustrate that it is completely off the radar. Okay, so yeah, considering this is probably from the San Fernando Film Festival region, uh, we'll go from there of uh, the sci-fi genre. So far from the apple tree, I will uh, give my best. And you said it's a recent film, so very good. I expect high values from this film. So we're going to go with far from the apple tree. Um, Let's see. This is based on a, as you said, horror sci-fi horror genre the horror part is going to be the fact that this is about a family that runs an apple orchard um this is their pride and joy uh it's about one uh you know the father grooming his uh children to take over the orchard they make cider they have uh you know you've seen this charlie in in michigan where you have the apple orchard where you have a cider mill you yes at a fake City in Michigan potentially has yes. a prison. Severin uh, City Jackson Plex exactly has a prison outside of the Apple Orchard where you make the cider and the apple cider donuts and you have a band and you have uh, all those things. This is kind of that industry that we get in rural Michigan. So um, things are awry though, Charlie. Uh, we find out though that there is essentially they've gotten some new seeds from a vendor. That happened to have some nuclear waste. <laughs> it's 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 it's, it's tobacco. Like exactly, it's like with from the, the bird. It's, it, I just watched that episode with the tomatoes it's, it's, and it's, the it's, tobacco. Yeah, it's it's from the it's from the Springfield uh, soil that they brought in. Unfortunately, <laughs> that Blinky was created in. Uh, that oh, they, they raised these new hybrid seeds, and unfortunately, you see them plant these as a family. And then you see 20 years have passed where these seeds have matured in these beautiful trees. But there's something under the soil. And it's not just a reference to the soil inside. It's the family as well. There's dissension. Family hurt in the soil. And Nuclear the apples. Inside. It feeds off of their discontent. The family issues. The, the betrayal. The abuse. And then Apple we Dallas. Get Yes, and then we get mutant apple trees, Charlie, who kill and use the blood to make the most delicious apples. Oh, my Ooh, goodness. Cider. Ian, cider. Ian, yes, Ian Ziering shows up to make this a fun time, and he is the oh huntsman. God. He is oh, a special no. he is a special huntsman who is known to come and take down uh, – he's a lumberjack by trade, Charlie, but he's experienced this and before. He, and he's okay. Yes, he, he, he lost a child to a mutant tree years before, and he's got to save Tara Reed and her children. And the Sharknado. 
And we've had deaths such as impalement by uh, limbs. We had uh, mulching deaths. Uh, we have someone who basically is stuffed with apples, like Homer <laughs> uh, with Uter. Uh, yeah, so this is how it ends. And we oh end up God. finding that uh, we get Ian's, Ian Zering with a mega uh, mulcher tool, ends up killing the tree, and all is done. And of course, it's not the end because we're going to get a sequel to this, Charlie. We get one remaining apple and the, the, the seed of the apple falls into the ground. And that's where we're left in the finishing well, sequence. Now I don't even feel like I can watch it. You Did I get it right? right to the end. I mean, it, it's so completely not spot on that you, it couldn't be anymore. Because, because the, the deal with Far From the Apple Tree is as such. As described, it is an eclectic mix of a ghost story, fantasy, and horror. Judith is a struggling artist who lands a dream job of working for a renowned and somewhat sinister visual artist. Her work includes cataloging the artist's video footage, and in doing so, she discovers film sequences of a woman, the artist's dead daughter, who looked exactly like herself. Oh, snap! That sounds captivating, but not Ooh. at all like what you described. But I can see it both ways. You know, I could see it both ways. Uh, you know what? If they just used my screenplay, it would have been the top rental on Amazon Prime Video. It would have been the time. It'd been the time of your life, baby. All right. Well, great. So after- you're watching on that on Saturday, Charlie? I, I might watch it right after. I might stay up till oh. midnight and watch it. Well, I don't there know. You it go. Sounds, yeah, there it you sounds go. amazing. It sounds amazing. Okay. All right. What, what, what do you got for me? What do you got? Okay, Charlie, I'm going to give you the choice. So oh, give me two choices. So, Agent Revelation or Iron Sky, The Coming Race? Well, definitely the second one. Okay, here you go. Coming in socks or come on, Eileen. All right. So, let let me me, me just pull this up really quick just to make sure I've I've got it right. So, I've got all the the IMDB database, uh, got the right cast and everything. Here we go. So, I'm good to go. From Amazon Prime Video, it's there for you. So be ready for this. So Iron Sky, The Coming Race, 2019 on Amazon Prime Video, Charlie. Oh, my God. Well, Iron Sky refers to a world. Let's say it's it's kind of a post-industrial world. It's in a science fiction element uh, where you have, a, you have a planet that has become so industrialized that much like Tony Stark described in Age of Ultron on the Avengers side, there was a suit of armor built around the world. So, you know, this this planet in this far flung uh, corner of the universe was so beseeched by by war and by conflict that they needed to build an entire shield around their world that was a physical dome. Uh, so that's the Iron Sky. And Todd, what was the second part of it? The coming what now? The coming storm? The coming race. The coming right. What what and, and what has happened in this culture of this world is that you know being so isolated from this this otherwise large galactic community, they've had to do things um, to really find new ways to connect within their culture, and they have uh, they have a a race. They have a race around that, like a, like an eighty day race around the world. So they live on this planet, and so there are two communities. There are the Alphas and the Bravos, and they each present a champion. Well, in this case, the coming race refers to the male champion from the Bravo team, the female champion uh, from the Beta team. They're bitter rivals as a society, but of course, being involved in this race, what do they find? Not only the thirst for competition, but the luster of love. That's right. The Alpha and the Betas discover that in competition with each other, that their true passion is for each other. That's what you got. Oh, Charlie, I wish it was true. I, me too, but I get the feeling that it's not. Okay, no. here you go. Iron Sky, The Common Race, Coming Race. This is actually a sequel to a movie. Uh, called The Iron Sky, it, right? Yes, a follow-up from the film Iron Sky, 2012, which the Nazis plan to take over the world after lying dormant in a secret military base on the moon. 
Yes. Oh, and, on the moon! How did they get to the moon? It's, it's, it's yes, this gets even better, Charlie. So in the sequel, though, we find that the truth behind the creation of mankind will be revealed when an old enemy leads our heroes on an adventure into the hollow earth. To save humanity, they must fight an ancient, shape-shifting rep- reptilian race in their army of dinosaurs. Directed oh by Timo... God. But in, in the in, in the Dean Devil the uh, Roland Emmerich movie that's about to come out, it's the moon that's hollow and that is the base. So is the moon hollow and the Earth is hollow? But there's dinosaurs in the hollow Earth that are going to attack us. I mean, I, I got to see it. I got to see yeah, it. Yeah, they're they're all chock full of like creatures that are going to kill us. But uh, this was directed by Timo Venturola, uh, starring Lara Rossi, Vladimir Bolakorva, uh, Kit Dale. And it's available. Uh, there you go, Charlie. So you know what? In, in I, what I saw of the trailer, there's like a dying Hitler on a dinosaur. What could be better? I, just, I don't. I, I don't even need. You know, I don't even need to watch it now. Everything that I need uh, comes right from what you told me. So I'm sold. I'm sold. Let's do it. Let's At party. least watch the trailer. All I ask is I, watch the trailer. I may have to. The coming race. Good stuff. Oh my god. Well, yeah. It's um. God, I love this segment. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. But we always try when it comes to games to make sure that we don't do it too often. So you'll not hear from us again uh, doing this for several months. But that doesn't mean that if you hit us up on Twitter at Secret Friends U, that we wouldn't try our hands uh, at doing one virtually on Twitter. So, Todd, I'm up to the challenge. How about you? Oh, yeah, we can stream one. We can do one live. Yeah, I- if We're doing it live. Faith, yeah. If one of our faithful listeners says, well, here's a title. Give me a tie to show for this. I, I Yeah, I would jump on. Yeah, absolutely. I would. We can do a Twitter space. Be that You know, the Twitter right. spaces. We have not gone into that realm. We could definitely do that. We could do a Twitch stream. Right. There's so many ways to do this, Charlie. Mark would be right. on board. Uh, we're even into Wordle now. It's fantastic. Don't have any idea what that is, but that's conversation. Wor- Wait, you don't know what Wordle is? Well, no, I mean, it, it sounds like a, a noise a goose might make when okay. it's dying. Wordle. Very, very quickly, Wordle is a word game, and it's setting the world on storm. It's where you see the graphic where you have, like, the, the grid with the letter, the colors on Twitter. Oh, and I've been wondering about that. Okay. It's, it's a word game. You have basically six chances to get a word right. You put your first word in. And if it, you got any of the letters right, they are either green or yellow, meaning Yellow means it's in the word. Green means you got the right word in the right letter in the right space. It's very fun. Mark and I just started a channel in our Discord. So join us on Discord to play Wordle and show what you did in the Wordle. Please do. Yeah. That I mean, and again, as as we start to wrap up the show, those are all the things that you'll hear in our canned intro. But yeah, uh, you're going to find us over on Twitter and then apparently on our Discord channel, just search for Secret Friends. We're having a good time. We're, we are. We absolutely are. And again, you know, to, to wrap up, I'm going to tell you as always, friends, thank you for joining us. Uh, I am the at the C3, spell it out, uh, over on Twitter. Uh, I also run the uh, Facebook groups for Secret Friends Unite. That content is usually me posting it. Uh, and I also run the USS Grand Petoskey, a chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club here in Michigan. Uh, find us on Facebook or at that web address. But Todd, what about you? Where do people find you at? Yeah, at T-Oxtra is the best way to find me. Um, but I also do, along with this podcast, I do co-op mode with Mark Carabin, the Canardian, who does podcasts with Charlie. We talk about all things video games. This week we talked about the wonderful world of mergers and acqui- acquisitions with Activision. We had a ton of fun there. We had a good time, and we talked about Wordle, actually. So there you go. Wordle. And we're having Wordle. A, we're having a fun time in the discord so join us there and if you want to see us on twitch and other areas we can do that too so join us and have some fun we're blowing up friends as always thank you for joining us i'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking be the hero not the villain dinosaurs on the moon this podcast is part of the secret friends unite podcasting network Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.